0: Today I'm gonna be a little bit vulnerable with all of you. Not that I'm not normally vulnerable but I'm gonna be a little extra vulnerable with you. Is that all right? Okay. You can't do this message that I'm about to talk about which is really the context of fulfilling the law of Christ and bearing one another's burdens without transparency. A lot of times I feel extremely overwhelmed. I don't always know what my capacity is and I don't think any of us do. Many times we don't realize that our capacity is too full until the Lord tells us you have too much on your plate. Am I right? I wish I could predetermine my capacity all the time. The problem for me is I don't often know how to say no. No is not a really strong word in my vocabulary except for my kids. I know how to say no to my kids all the time. But in general, I care for people. I love people. I'm social. Um, I am a big picture visionary. And this message is not about me, but I'm going to use myself in this context. And then we're going to talk about all of us together. Is that with five coffee shops, three little kids, this church, my wife, our property, there's a lot of responsibility at any given time. A lot of times I feel like the load is way too heavy for me to carry. In fact, the truth is the load is often too heavy for me to carry. I don't know if that's, if that's by the design of the Lord or not. I wonder if sometimes the Lord does put more on me so that I will be desperate enough to lean on you. Because if I thought I could handle it all on my own, I might not lean on you. And I would say that the natural tendency for most of us is to not lean on each other and to go it alone. We isolate ourselves and we carry our own load that is sometimes killing us and causing us to wanna to quit. I would be a liar if I told you there weren't days and times where I felt like quitting. I would be a myth if I wasn't honest with you to tell you that there are days that I feel like I'm failing. And falling short and not being good enough. I think all of us battle that at times. The challenges we're not often honest and transparent with one another because of pride, because we're afraid of what others will think of us. And so God will have me be put on display so that you can understand that we all go through it. Every one of us have a, has a load to carry. And sometimes that load and the weight of that load is crushing us or too much. Not only do we have a load that we have to carry, the Bible takes it a step further. Jesus took it a step further. Not only did Jesus have to carry a load, he took it to the cross and carried the load of the world on his shoulders and on that cross. And then we're expected to do the same. We're expected to carry our load and to also bear the burdens of another. And that's not easy. In fact, it's really difficult. Was thinking about my life a lot of times I feel, and I said to myself, man, I feel like a pack mule. Or a draft animal or a beast of burden. You know what those things are. A beast of burden or a draft mule or a beast of draft is an animal used to carry loads. The word draft means to pull, right? Or to tug on or to carry. Some of y'all know that really well with your draft beer because you're pulling from a tap, right? An animal Used to, it's an animal used to carry loads of weight, such as a pack mule donkey, an ox, or a horse. These animals were specifically used as, now the word is spelt D-R-A-U-G-H-T, a, a draught or draft animal. It's a strong working animal used to draw loads, such as plowing ground or pulling a cart. And don't some of us feel like we're always plowing and pulling in our life? This probably explains why King David allowed the Ark of the Covenant to be put on a cart and pulled by an ox. It could be one of the reasons. The Ark weighed anywhere. Now, no one knows exactly how much the Ark of the Covenant weighed. There's, there's. if you study it out, there's... Theories that it weighed as little as 183 pounds. And then there's theories that it weighed thousands of pounds. Because no one knows the weight. What we do know, it was made of acacia wood, a very dense hard wood. And then it was overlaid with gold inside and out. And then there were two acacia wood poles wrapped in gold. And then it had a mercy seat or a covering and it had cherubim on the top. And inside it had the tablets of stone written by the finger of God, the commandments of God. In the New Testament we learned that it also had a pot of manna and it had Aaron's rod. So how much did it weigh? No one really knows. But here's what we can assume. That if it weighed anywhere from 183 pounds on the low end to let's say an average of 615 pounds, that it was heavy enough that at some point the burden or the weight of carrying it was too much for one or even four people to carry it on poles. Each person would carry an average of 50 to 160 pounds of weight per person on a pole, on their shoulders, walking through sand and the desert and rough terrain for a really, really long time. Four men could only carry the ark so far due to the weight and the burden on their shoulders. Hence, it took a tribe to carry the ark. This tribe was the tribe of Levi. They were tasked with specific duties of music, worship, gatekeepers, guardians, temple officials, judges, in the land and even craftsmen. It was the second son of Levi, a subtribe named the Kohathites or Kohathi, descended from Levi's second son, this tribe, specifically within the tribe of Levi, had a, the specific responsibility of transporting the ark and the articles of the tabernacle the table of showbread, the altars, the candlestick, the altar of incense, and all the the vessels inside the sanctuary. Not only were they transporters, they were stewards of their setup and their proper use. Kohathi, the name of Levi's second son, means assembly. Because it's the assembly that is designed to carry the articles of the tabernacle. Today's assembly has a great responsibility to steward the mystery. All of you are stewards of a great mystery. It's 1 Corinthians chapter four, verse one. We all steward a hidden mystery and we're all called to be faithful. Look at verse two. We're all called to be faithful stewards of this mystery. Every single one of us must be found faithful. And it means that we're carrying very important articles from the tabernacle that have a very specific purpose. We carry the ark in our hearts and on our shoulders. This includes the promises and commandments of God, the tablets, the mercy of God, which is the covering Now the mercy seat on top of the tabernacle wasn't actually a chair, it's a lid. Because all of us must cover one another just as God covers us with mercy. The pot of manna is that God has not only daily bread and daily provisions, which is more a representation of the table of showbread, but it also is the answers to all your questions because Jesus is the manna, he is the what is it. So every question to your life about your future that you need wisdom for is rooted in the wisdom of God which is Jesus Christ himself. It included the rod of Aaron which is leadership and authority. We're carriers of Christ as the bread of life to the hungry, the table of showbread or our daily bread. We are to feed others as Christ has fed us. If you love him, feed his sheep. We carry the altar of incense as intercessors through prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. One of the greatest ways that we can carry each other's burden, and you can help me carry mine, is through prayer. Communion with God, talking with God about other standing in the gap, And then of course, the Kohathites would carry the candlestick, the light and the power of the Holy Spirit to set the captives free. This assembly has this responsibility. We all have this responsibility. The church of God, the body of Christ all over the world has the responsibility to carry these things for themselves and their family and to the world around them, their friends, their coworkers, and their community, which means that we all carry weight as what I would call a draft believer. Now, you're not really animals. You're not beast of burdens, but the, the, it's very symbolic and the same in that we all carry a weight. We are all called to be draft believers. You're called to carry your own weight that God has put in your life, but you're also called to carry the weight of others. We all have a load to bear personally, but we're also expected to help carry that burden for others. Let's take a look at Galatians chapter six, verses one through five. There's so much truth rooted in this scripture. We're gonna look at the New King James Version, please. It says, Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, verse 2, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself, but let each one examine his own work and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another for each one shall bear his own load. Let's talk about the personal load, your own load. This word load means, load means a burden, a weight. It means freight. You carry freight in your life. It means that you have an obligation you are tasked with a task, and it also means that you have an invoice, meaning that, or you're being invoiced because you have a debt that must be paid. It also means your own struggles and your challenges and your faults. It means that we all have a cross to bear. Every one of us has a cross to bear. All of us are carrying and bearing a cross. This is your own load that only you can carry with the help of Christ personally. Our personal struggles that the Father is constantly revealing through our own manifestations of fear, worry, uncertainty, selfish ambition, dissensions, crucifying the flesh, or the works of the flesh that are killing us. It also means being pruned, right? And it doesn't feel good to be pruned. It's like I'm bearing fruit in this area. Lord, why are you cutting this out of my life? Or why are you cutting this off my life? All of us in this room should be being pruned. All of us in this room should be having our own heart issues being dealt with. All of us have to carry not only the things that God is revealing us, but we also have to carry the everyday struggles and challenges of life. Finances, health, your home life, your work, your children, your marriage. These are personal. And finally, one of the biggest ones is to carry the load of humility. It's way harder to constantly take the low road and stay humble than it is to be prideful. Because the world wants to value you based on what you do and how good you are and how much you know. That's why it says you better check yourself lest you fall into temptation, which means I wind up exalting myself over you instead of being like Christ and coming under you. This is the sign of spiritual maturity, is that when you may actually know more truth and they have been caught in a trespass and you choose to come underneath them in humility to bring restoration to their life, it's so much harder to stay humble The more you know, the more you're valued, the better you look, the more you have, the more money you have, your degrees, your social media, whatever it is. Pride is the greatest deception that causes us to be divided. And this is why the Bible says, consider yourself. And that's hard. It's hard when you're always having to consider yourself. And how do you consider yourself? Because humility is to think yourself less than. It's to take the low road when you could easily be prideful and be better and take the high road. Considering ourselves is not falling into the temptation of arrogance and pride and conceit and selfish ambition. And so because I'm so prone to being conceited and I'm so prone to selfish ambition, I'm always being checked by God consistently. This is probably what the writer meant in Psalm 73 when he said, I suffer all day long, but look at the world. They've got no pains, no weights, because now you have a governor on your life. And we need a governor on our life. And this is the load that can cause us to be weak, weary, and heavy laden, which is why you need to stay yoked to Christ who lightens the load and gives you the strength and rest in the midst of the battle. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. So even the load that you carry, if it's from God and you're yoked to Christ, he lightens the load and his burden is easy, but we all have a burden. Every single one, this is a house of burdens. I walk in sometimes and just feel the tension. And it's for so many people they reject church because it's all burden to them. And they feel the burden. Some of you are so discerning it drives you nuts of what you see and what you feel. Causes us to be skeptical in the way that we see in our eyes and the burden becomes too heavy and too much especially in a spiritual warfare atmosphere. With worship like this today and people worshiping and dancing and shouting and a band that's trying to follow the river now and no longer be locked into their preset set set list and predetermining where God's going to take them. And the awkwardness of the atmosphere and all the seers and prophets and broken people in addiction, all together, the rich and the poor, you think there's not an atmosphere of burden and tension in? I walk in and my hands sometimes get cold and I feel shaky and nervous. You're not the only one. Even Christ had to bear his own load. The cup of suffering, persecution, lies, slander. Christ was constantly on the daily being misunderstood by his own family. You know, it's one, let me tell you, nothing hurts as much as when it's your own family. People you love the most and trust the most, nothing hurts like that. His own personal, Jesus had personal needs, and imagine he had to always stand strong against sin in his heart while being tempted in all points. So Christ was being tempted in all points. Christ was tempted in all points. Can you imagine? All in every temptation Christ had to overcome and he never gave in in his heart because if he'd have thought it, he would have sinned. He never gave in in his heart. And the greatest load that Christ would carry, marching to his death. Bearing the burdens of others is different. We all have a load to carry. But this understanding of bearing the burdens of others is that not only do you have your own load, but you have to carry the burden of someone else. And this is why so many people have no interest in leadership and especially ministry and even reject the church. I know people that have said, I don't ever wanna be in management in the business world because I wanna clock in, clock out, go home and not have to stress or worry about the problems of other people and carrying their weight. Am I right? My dad said that to me when I was young. I said, why aren't you in management? He says, because son, When I leave, I don't wanna worry about what anybody else is doing. I wanna go home, clock out, and be done. There's many people that will choose to reject ministry because I got my own stuff. Why in the world would I wanna deal with yours? So we isolate, we reject, we pull back, we live our personal selfish lives. You see, the Bible doesn't give any single one of us an out because we're all part of the assembly carrying the articles of the tabernacle, which means the ark, everything in it, the weight of it, and all of the uh, altar of incense, which is intercession, all of the candlestick component, which is light and life and power to everyone around you. Many people don't want the drama of having to deal with other people's burdens. But I'm gonna say to all of us that God doesn't give us an out, and just as he did, you can. You just have to learn to do it right. And you have to learn to see it the way God sees it. For those of us who say yes and answer the call of God to us all, this burden is different. The burden that we're to carry for another is different than that normal load. It's beyond normal capacity. It's a load that somebody's carrying that if it's not lightened, they will quit or they will be crushed or they will die or they'll fall into depression or they'll fall into anxiety or they'll fall into temptation or they'll fall into the lives of another. That's why the kingdom must have spiritual, strong, mature believers to help carry the load and bear it for one another. And also people that are honest to say, listen, I'm overwhelmed, will you help me? That's why we all under row, we all serve, we all carry weight in the house of God. Every one of us, and it can be different, but every one of us has a job to do in this house. You just have to find what yours is. Maybe it's intercession, maybe it's prayer, maybe it's media, so that a message can be sent out to the world or caught and captured like scribes. We don't have modern day scribes, some of you may be taking notes, but everything's being videoed and edited for generations to come. The kids, the most precious jewels of the kingdom, these children, moms and dads and spiritual parents leading my children, your children, every single, not being selfish, I gotta hear the word. I gotta get fed. Feed me, feed me, feed me. And yet no one wants to work with the kids. I'm not beating any of you up. I'm just saying we all have a job to do. We all have burdens to carry. And if the load's not lightened with one another, people get crushed and quit. Right? I don't, pre- I don't beat this church up with serving. Serve, serve, serve. Serve, you hardly hear me talk about serving. Because my, my mentality is, is if you get flamed on by the Holy Spirit, it'll be your good pleasure to give it away, because you can't contain what's been given to you. We're all busy. There's not a person in this room that's not busy. I just wanna ask real quick if, I've been wanting to say this for a while. On Sunday mornings, could you all try to stop moving around as much, please? Every time it gets intense, I see people get up and leave. I understand. Sometimes it's intense in this room. And the easy thing for a lot of people is to, oh, I gotta go to the bathroom. I guarantee you the most intense it gets is the one time you gotta pee. And I'm gonna tell you guys, I can hold it. I hold it for sometimes two services. And I will say to you that lots of movement in this sanctuary is distracting. Now I understand sometimes you gotta go, And I do understand that. So please, I'm not thinking like, what's the matter, you're that person. I'm not saying that. But I'd like to say that in an atmosphere of anointing in the presence of God and bringing the word of God to transform the hearts and lives of people, when you constantly get up and move around, it's distracting to someone else. And that other person doesn't know that you're not upset and mad and leaving. And I see people get up and leave. As soon as it gets intense, they determine their visitors. In the first 10 minutes of me preaching, they decide that they don't like me for some strange reason. I don't know how anybody could not like me, but I don't take it personal anymore. I don't take it personal anymore. So I'm just saying this very lovingly and with a smile. Could you all please, out of kindness and courtesy and respect, do your best to hold it. I know you all drank a lot of coffee right before you got here. I get that but just please do your best. Is that okay? Are y'all all all right? Okay, thank you. Even Jesus needed help carrying his cross. Do you all understand that Jesus needed help from others, encouragement from John, encouragement from his mom, and then walking up the Via Della Rosa, he needed help from someone else because he was so beat down and heavy laden, someone else needed to help him carry his cross. And if we're all so busy and too busy and isolated, and I get that this is a church full of a lot of introverts. I don't know how that works, but it is. And we all, y'all love your alone time, and it'd be so much easier to just be alone. But God doesn't call you to do this alone. None of us, and it's not predicated on our personalities. When we carry the burden For another, we crush selfishness and thus fulfill the law of Christ. Meaning, notice it said, fulfill the law of Christ. Which was verse two. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Let's pull that up. I really wanna talk about the law of Christ for a moment. We fulfill the law of Christ when we bear another's burdens because we're crushing our own selfishness and we're willing to say, look, I got a load. But I'm gonna help carry yours. And when I say yes to you, God will give me extra capacity and grace to do it. But it's your yes that gives you the extra grace and capacity. It's your no that shuts you down and makes the current load you're carrying too much. In fact, I've often found when I say yes to help carry someone else's load, God actually makes my load lighter. It's a strange phenomenon in the kingdom. So I tell people, be on the prayer partner team. Do whatever it takes because I have found, more often than not, when I'm broken and hurting and and like feel like I'm being crushed, the minute that I stretched my hand out to pray for someone else, I felt something shift in me. And some of y'all are stuck and you don't know how to get out but you're not stretching your hand out to help someone else. It's this: how the kingdom works, is that we give away to others what God has given to us and then he gives you greater capacity to carry what he gives you. Do you see that? Because we often say, God, if you give me more capacity, I'll do it. He says, no, if you do it, I'll give you more capacity. But the more you stay introverted, isolated, and selfish, and hidden, and you make it about you, the less capacity you have to carry. Fulfilling the law of Christ means that we walk in perfect love as he did. We fulfill the greatest commandment, which is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor likewise as yourself. And the golden rule do to others as you would have them do to you. We esteem others better than ourselves. The only way you can esteem someone better than yourself is to see them the way God sees them and have a heart of reconciliation and restoration. So if I'm constantly looking at you the way that God is seeing you and the way I know he sees me, it changes everything. No matter what you do. We live lives with a focus on restoration and reconciliation, both to Christ and for one another. And notice it says we who are spiritual. Go back to verse one. You who are spiritual. Meaning, this word spiritual is pneumaticos. It means wind driven. It means the breath of God is driving me. The spirit of the Lord is leading and guiding me into every single conversation that I have. And so because I'm spiritual, and it's, it's not a prideful thing. It's not arrogance. It's not I'm better than you but it means I'm wind-driven at all times so that no matter what you do, because notice the context is if anybody's caught or overtaken, and let's not, any of us lie in this room that we all don't get caught and overtaken in it. I get overtaken at times. No, that's why humility is so beautiful, because I'm actually not any better than any of you. No one's better than anybody. We may have become more mature, But that doesn't make me better. We who are spiritual, which means at all times, everybody say at all times. Say "Always." always. We're on a mission to restore and reconcile. If you lived your entire life to reconcile people to God and bring restoration to him and to one another, no matter what they've done, Can you imagine how much stronger the body of Christ and this church and this house will be? Don't you think the enemy wants to work on overtime to divide us through lies and gossip and trespasses against each other? Be the more spiritual in the context of get your eyes on Christ and be wind-driven and see them the ways. That's how you fulfill the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? Love others as I have loved you. This commandment I give to you. Love one another, all the law is summed up in this one statement. Love others as yourself. You owe a debt, you have an invoice. I'm carrying an invoice. You know what it is? A debt. And you know what the debt is? I better love you better. And if I fall short, which I will, your pastor's not perfect, neither is anyone in this room. And when we do, we have a debt to love better. The onus is on each of you and on me personally. Even when the trespass is against you or someone from someone you love or against the very values you hold and cherish so dearly, even when they're not walking in truth and you know the truth. A trespass is just that. The word trespass means I lapsed in judgment and I deviated the truth and I crossed the line. It's a sin or a misdeed, hear me clearly, please. A trespass is a lapse of judgment and I made a mistake and I crossed the line, and, I, and you know what? I should have known better. Because the truth is, we all probably should have known better when we trespass. And God even clearly puts the signs up in his word, in our hearts, don't cross that line, don't cross that line, and the devil's working on overtime to filter and twist words so that now we see each other unjustly. And then we say, man, you should have known better and the fact that you did that to me, because here's the deceptive lie. This is why it says, check yourself so that you don't fall into the temptation. It's for me to say, Jordan, I can't believe that you did what you did to me. And because you did that to me, I'm going to lord myself over you in pride and arrogance. And I'm, not only am I going to correct you, I'm going to harshly correct you and deal with you. Or maybe I'm going to reject you. That's not what Jesus did, thank God. Let's just thank God for a second. Can we just rejoice? Can we just rejoice that Jesus never did that? He took the insults, the misguided understandings, and he went all the way to the cross for one another. It doesn't mean I shouldn't correct Jordan, but it's how I correct. Am I covering him in love? Do I have a a mercy seat lid? Because I'm in the ark. And I got an ark in my heart and there's a lid on my head. It's called the mercy seat and I need it as much as he does. No one, no one is above desperately needing the mercy of God in this room. Not one person, study out the mercy of God and see how many times it's talked about. My wife and I were talking about humility last night and how much the Bible talks about humbling yourself. People get overtaken and all of us are prone The same. It's not one person in this room that isn't prone to being overtaken. And the sooner you can realize that, wait, you got overtaken in a lie? Come here. Let me tell you the truth and let me love you through it and pray for you and forgive you. In fact, when somebody's overtaken in a lie and it's against me, the first thing I do is I take it to the Father so that I can get a hold of the mercy seat so I can come accurately because love covers a multitude of sins. Oh, you sinned? Come here. I'm gonna love you and cover you. And it doesn't mean I won't correct you, but in my correction, I'm actually correcting you because I love you. That's what fathers do. I don't say these things to shame you, I say these things to warn you. There's no shame in correction and correction is not rejection. But we have such a religiously correct church that the minute anybody tells you you made a mistake and then we don't even own our own when we make our own mistakes but we're upset with everyone else and their mistakes. Thus humility in the law of Christ brings healing and the ability to live, love and respond properly. We all have to check ourselves so that we won't be tempted to exalt ourselves over the one caught or overtaken in a trespass. And none of us are too important that we can't lower ourselves. I'm not that important. Yeah, I'm I'm the senior pastor, okay. I'm a broken, desperate, hungry, madly in love man of God that somehow God chose to make a shepherd I still don't always know why, and many days I say to myself, Lord, I'm not qualified. He says, that's what makes you all the more qualified. Because show me a man with a limp, and show me a man that's broken, and I'll follow that person all day long, because they stayed the course in all, the, in all adversity, and they never thought themselves to be higher than what they were. Be that person. If you can learn one thing from me, learn that example of brokenness and humility. People will follow you all day long. When they know that they can trust you and they love you and that you love them. None of us are too important that you can't lower yourself. I love how Jesus says, come to me, I'm lowly. I'm like, wait, you're meek and lowly? What is that? like? Lowly, it means that he can even come into the crack house. He can come into the meth house. He can come into your broken fighting marriage. He can come into your worst situation. He gets that low. He gets in the gutter. Even foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man had no place to lay his head. And my question is, can he lay his head on your life? Jesus did the exact opposite of pride, selfish ambition. Romans 15, one through three. We then who are strong, are are there any strong people in this house? No, I'm being honest, I need you to process and think with me. Where are the mature, spiritual, strong believers? Where's the strong marriages? I'm not talking about perfect. You are, we are so not perfect. Oh my God, we are so not perfect. Just hang around us. We are so opposite, so different. Think so extremely different. Mercy is her last gift, by the way, last gift. It's my first gift is mercy. I'm high, high mercy. Now, she has to become more glorified and I have to become more glorified in the way that she thinks. God designs it that way. She knows it. She's growing in it. She's maturing in it. It's not to shame or beat anybody down. You realize where your strengths and your weaknesses are and then you say, God, help me in my weaknesses to go higher and my strengths to go lower. We're all in desperate need of strong, mature believers who ought to bear with the scruples or struggles or challenges or burdens or weights or sins or trespasses of the weak. And it's not to please ourselves. This is not about us. This is not about me. It's not about pleasing myself. But doesn't our culture teach us please yourself? Everything's about pleasing yourself. And it's so hard when this is not pleasing to myself. It's so hard when it would be. You know what would please myself more? Staying away. Some of y'all are like, "Amen, brother." I don't even. I don't. Even, I didn't even want to be here today. But God designs this this way. Lots of. Iron that needs sharpening and sparks flying. People possessed and broken. People addicted. People who are strong and mature to pull them out. Prayer partners and worship teams and atmospheres to drive back demonic strongholds. Don't you think it will be tense? But where's the strong, spiritual, mature believers? And if you're not there right now, grow into it. Get accountability. Get in relationships. Get around people that are higher than you, that can correct and love you and and receive correction. And if you're giving it, do it in love. Verse two, let each of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification, which means to build them up. Even Christ didn't please himself. But as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. Meaning the Father fell on Christ, the Son. Hence, it will fall on you. If they hated Him, they're going to hate you. But no one wants to be hated, but newsflash, you're going to be hated. Reproached all day long. Reproach, reproach, suffering, suffering, suffering. But God gives you the grace. We're all in desperate need of people that can carry the weight, not only. Do these people not reject others in their, listen to this. Not only do we not reject people in their immaturity, we actually embrace them more. This is backwards. The last is the least. I'm sorry, the last is the first. The first is the last. So, oh, you're immature? Oh, you don't know as much as me? You don't know as much word as I do? Oh, you're broken and going through a hardship and you're, you feel inadequate and you got all these issues and I've been Mr. Pat. Instead of thinking myself more than and rejecting you, I embrace you more to help you come to where I'm at. Do you see this? I have to pull people up. You have to pull people out so that they can grow and become mature themselves. It's actually not even where I'm at. It's where Christ is at. Let me pull you to Christ. So the mature help the weak to come to the place of strength so that they can in turn do it for others. The goal is to bring others to the place you're in. It's to build them up and see them fulfill the law of Christ for others just as Jesus himself did. Jesus was reproached, insulted, and trespassed against daily, yet he loved more and gave his life at all costs. Matthew 8, 16, and 17 when evening had come, they brought to Jesus many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all that were sick. Why? Verse 17. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sickness. Isaiah 53. He bore your grief and he bore your sorrow, sorrows. He was wounded for our transgressions. Jesus was the ultimate example of carrying the weight, a draft believer that had a massive amount of responsibility upon his life to love better and carry others to freedom. If God doesn't give us what we deserve, why do we repay others with what they deserve? Because the truth is, is many times people do deserve. You deserve death. They deserve judgment. But Jesus didn't give us what we deserve, Psalm 103, verse 10. He hasn't dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. And we all deserved to be punished. But because of the cross, everybody say, because of the cross. cross. Romans 5, 6 through 10. When we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. Scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his lone love towards us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, every one of us have been an enemy of God. So when somebody is an en- your enemy, what do you do? Jesus said, pray for those that persecute you. Jesus says, when a man, or the Bible says, when a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord, he'll make his enemies be at peace with him. We were all once an enemy of God. If we, when we were enemies, were reconciled to God through the death of his son, so much more having been reconciled, we should be saved by his life. Rarely would someone die for another. Let's be that rarely. And that's why I keep showing up even when I don't want to. That's why I keep carrying weight even when it's hard. And it's not always fun, and I'm not, let's be honest about it, I'm not always happy about it. So if I show up and I seem a little grumpy and I'm not as engaged, it happens. And you know what, if you do the same, I'm gonna love you just the same. I see people show up all the time, they're musicians, other people, I can, I can see it all over them. They're, they're so heavy laden and, and just feel such a weight on their life. You know what I say? Thanks for showing up today. I don't say, you should get out of here. Why'd you even show up today? Remember my friend, I hadn't seen him for a long time. I said, bro, where you been? He goes, oh, I've been going through a really hard time personally and I just don't wanna bring all that stuff to the church. Huh? That didn't make any sense to me because that's the lie of the enemy. You're going through such a hard time, isolate. And that's how you get picked off worse. And that's why I keep showing up because God keeps showing up. And many times I'm like, Lord, I don't know where you're at. He says, show up, I'll meet you there. I serve and love others because he first loved me. When we serve and care for others, we're taking care of us. We're taking care of, especially the least. We're taking care of Jesus. He says, as much as you do to the least, you do to me. Every high priest chosen among men, Hebrews 5.1, is appointed for men pertaining to things of God that he may offer gifts and sacrifices. And he has compassion on those who are ignorant and going astray since he himself is subject to weakness. So I'm gonna keep using Jeff. Dude, you are ignorant and you are so being led astray. Think about this, he's not, but I'm using an example. So let's say he was. Because there's probably people in here, and every week people show up that are ignorant and going astray, meaning you don't know. Not that you're a dummy. It means that you don't know. And instead of beating him down or making him feel less than, I have compassion on him because I'm also subject to the same weakness. And if I'm not careful, the minute that I don't treat him right is the minute I actually do go astray. You guys see that? So every single one of us should have compassion on people that are ignorant and going astray. And I'll close with this. First Peter 2, nine and 10, you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. All of us are are to be like the Kohathites. All of us are to be like them because we're all a priesthood. Every high priest chosen from among men. But I want you all to know and understand it's not me and you, it's us as the assembly. The body of Christ carries the ark the showbread, the, the candlestick. All of us carry the promises of God on our shoulders and sometimes that weight is too much. That's why the ark could only be carried so far before you had to rotate. So they go six paces, Whew, man, this is heavy. Set it down, there were like 8,000 in this subtribe. Another four would come, let's keep walking. Man, this is so heavy, that's all right, set it down. Another four would come. Whew, man, this burden's beating me down. Set it down. Come on, another four would come. Another four would come. So all of us are carrying the weight on a daily basis together, and none of us can carry the weight alone. None of us can carry the weight alone. If Jesus said yes, how can you not say yes? Let's walk in perfect love by going the extra mile at all times. Oh, you ask me to go a mile? I'll go two. I don't want to, and I'm tired. I have heat exhaustion. I can't breathe very well. I'm wore out. Whatever it is, my knees, my back, it doesn't matter. I'm gonna keep walking. Let's walk in perfect love at all times. We all have a load to carry personally and a burden to help bear for someone else. Like a beast of burden or a draft animal, let's pull weight and carry loads for one another as Jesus does for us this church is really moving in an incredible direction full of hope and promise and the devil knows it. And if we don't get this down, I love the worship, I love all the other things, but if we don't be quick to forgive, you're gonna have every opportunity to get offended. That's why Jesus said forgive 470 times a day every 2.8 seconds. That's how many times that is. Yeah, per person, that's right. That's right. And guess what? This church is full of a lot of people that need a lot of forgiveness, including you. Let's all stand. Just close your eyes for just a moment. Let me pray for you. Lord, the load is so heavy. Just take a moment. Some of y'all are carrying. You know, let me also say, there's a a load you're not meant to carry that Jesus already took on the cross. You just gotta give it to him. Jesus said, cast your care upon him for he cares for you. So I want you to take a moment and cast your care upon him. Lord, this load I'm given to you. I know you care for me, Jesus. I know you care for this house. I know you care for those that have been watching online today. Lord, we come to you when we're weak, weary, and heavy laden, those today that are are feeling beat down with the load of life. We hook up to you, Jesus and ask that you would make it easy and light. Help us, Lord, to not only carry the load that you've given us personally, but to bear the burdens of one another, even the trespasses when they're against us. I pray, Lord, that you would mature our hearts and lives through your word, through spiritual discipline, through trust, through relationship, through prayer and communion, through worship. And I pray, Lord, that we who are spiritual can restore and bear the burdens of those that are weak and broken and heavy laden. Help us, Lord, to help others carry their cross. Help us, God, to love better. May Rock City Church love better. Drive back any dissension, selfish ambition, any conceitedness in this place, and cause us, Lord, to stay low and stay humble. Stay low, beloved. Stay humble. We don't want to be deceived. We're sorry for thinking ourselves something when we're nothing. Forgive us, Lord, where we've been prideful, arrogant, divided in our hearts towards one another. Build this house into a strong house, Lord. Lord, That when the outcasts walk in, the addicted, the broken, the orphans, those that are angry, those with church hurts, those that are questioning church in general, Lord, whatever it is, God. Those that need healing, those that are angry, those that are ignorant and going astray, may we cover them with mercy. Life, justice, and truth. May we do it the way you did may we lay our lives down for one another the way you laid your life down for us. I bless this church. I bless all all of you, your children, your families. I bless your home. I bless your finances. And I pray, God, that you would help us to be good stewards of the mystery and stewards of what you've entrusted us with. Forgive us for complaining, God. I'm sorry. And when we want to give up and quit, Lord, I thank you that in our weakness, your grace and strength is sufficient and made perfect. I pray for sufficient grace and strength over this church today. Thank you, Lord, for everyone that keeps coming back to this house. And thank you, Lord, that you have your hand on our lives. This home is a place where your name is being known, the law of Christ. I pray that we would all fulfill the law of Christ when we leave, if there's anybody you need to forgive that you would forgive them today. If there's any injustice or anger in your heart, make the decision to forgive right now. I'm sorry, Lord, I've been divided. I'm sorry, God, I haven't really carried the weight well. But I thank you that you help us and you help me. Help us to carry this weight. Help us to go where you want us to go and do what you've called us to do. And I thank you, Lord, for our families and children, everybody that works and serves in this house. Thank you, Lord, for preparing us for what's coming in advance, a new thing. I love you and thank you, and I bless this church in Jesus' name, amen. I love you all so much. You guys have a wonderful day. Thank you for being here.